Have you ever asked yourself, what do golems, imaginary friends, the men in black, Slenderman, and Bigfoot have in common? Probably not. It'd be a bit weird if you did. But what if I told you that it may just be possible for us to manifest beings of our wildest dreams into our physical reality simply by thinking about it really, really hard? What if the boogeymen that have haunted our collective subconscious for thousands of years have become such a part of our imaginary world that they've taken on a life of their own in the real world? It probably sounds pretty crazy, right? And perhaps it is. But for thousands of years, the idea that thought forms can somehow materialize in our realm has persisted, reaching all the way from the Far East to the weird and mysterious world that is 4chan. Well guys, welcome to Paranormal Community College. I'm your host, Riley, and today we're talking about tulpas. I first heard of tulpas from the popular show, Supernatural, where in I think at least a couple episodes, urban legends and creepypastas become so powerful, they actually come to life in the real world and they have to be hunted down by Sam and Dean. There's a few different definitions or interpretations of what a tulpa is, and we're gonna get into that in a second. So if you're a bit confused, don't worry. The way this episode is going to go is I'm going to describe the origins and brief history of tulpas, the different types and classifications of tulpas. We're going to look at how the modern paranormal world views tulpas, and then we'll look at why the heck I'm talking about My Little Pony in this episode. And this episode has to come with a little bit of a disclaimer. If you are seeing things that are not there, or that other people cannot see, It is most likely not a tulpa, and I strongly suggest that you consider going to a doctor of some kind. If you consider yourself a modern-day tulpamancer, this probably is not the episode for you. We'll talk a little bit of the modern tulpa phenomenon as seen on 4chan and Reddit, but this episode is mostly concerned with asking the question, if we truly live in a mind-before-matter universe, Can some of the cryptids and supernatural beings or entities we believe in today be tulpas? How powerful is our collective imagination? Also, if you are a brony, this episode is probably not for you either. I don't want to make fun of anyone with a mental illness in this episode. However, grown men wanting to bring their My Little Pony girlfriends to life is hard not to make fun of a little bit. So if you're a brony, I'm sure you're used to it by now already anyway. To each their own journey, but I'm not gonna not make fun of it a little bit. So if you don't like that, feel free to skip this episode. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into it. So what is a tulpa? In order to understand how the modern tulpa came into being, we must first look at its origins in Tibetan Buddhism. So the word tulpa is derived from the Tibetan pa, which means emanation, apparition, or magical illusion. Tibetan mystics use this term to refer to the emanations of one's soul or the different emanations of Buddha or higher beings who would come to assist spiritual seekers during deep meditation. One could create their own tulpa to be used for the purpose of spiritual growth through intense concentration and visualization. In Tibetan mysticism, Buddhists can manifest earthly bodies in order to help others who are seeking nirvana. They have also been referred to as emanation bodies, what Western occultism often refers to as astral bodies. In Western theosophical tradition, the tulpa is very much related to the astral world. It is made of the same substance as the astral world, as it is ultimately born from the astral world. To put this into super layman's terms, because I know sometimes this new age spiritual stuff can go over our heads a little bit, 
The astral realm is essentially imagination land. Modern so-called tulpamancers actually call this place Wonderland. It's a place where anything that your imagination can possibly come up with exists. And it's where all the mythological and supernatural beings our civilization has ever cooked up and believed in exists. Everything from dragons and minotaurs and fairies to gray aliens and Bigfoot and Slenderman and truly anything and everything in between exists there. It's kind of like a dreamland, chaotic, creative, and bizarre. But what if these thoughts become so pervasive and so strongly believed in that they become real? What if the spiritual companion you visualize in order to help you on your spiritual journey becomes so solid that they develop thoughts and opinions and motives of their own? Like AI, but without all the tech and wires and computers, it's your brain, your imagination creating this being. Well, in the early 1900s, members of the Theosophical Society popularized this belief, arguing that the human imagination is capable of creating something in the physical simply by the power of thought. In the early 1900s, spiritualist Alexandra David Nael claimed to be able to do just that. She had been to Tibet and learned all about tulpas and thought forms, and they could become so powerful as to develop consciousness. In her own words, Alexandra described them as, quote, magic formations generated by a powerful concentration of thought. It's very much similar to the modern day manifestation obsession, for example, the secret and creating vision boards. But like something out of an artificial intelligence sci-fi movie, Alexandra David Nael claimed that her tulpa, who she created in the form of a jolly friar, became so self-aware that it had to be destroyed. She does say that she often wondered if maybe it was entirely illusory and she was just delusional. She asked herself if she had indeed encouraged self-induced hallucinations, which is what many say these tulpas are. Others use the term self-induced schizophrenia, which is a term modern-day tulpamancers of Reddit and 4chan are really offended by. Another spiritualist by the name of Annie Besant categorized tulpas into three different types. In her book Thought Forms, published in 1905, Besant claimed that there are, one, thought forms that exist in the form and likeness of the person who created them, which I believe is the most similar to the Tibetan spiral paw basically manifesting your inner self or higher self as a kind of spirit guide. Number two, forms that resemble objects or people and become essentially possessed by nature spirits or spirits of the dead. And lastly, the third kind of tulpa is the kind that manifests from the astral world or the collective mental plane of existence. Again, think Imagination Land from South Park. And maybe you can even create a tulpa in the form of Eric Cartman, which would be my first choice if I believed I could do this. In the paranormal world of podcasters and bloggers and paranormal investigators, however, we use tulpas to provide possible explanations for alleged paranormal phenomenon or supernatural beings. Some of the popular tulpas in this world of thought include the Men in Black, Black Eyed Kids, Bigfoot, Slender Man, the Hat Man, and really, you could point out a lot of cryptids or mythical beings and make the argument that it could be a tulpa. The idea being that our culture has been so obsessed with such beings for so long, and especially now with how fast information gets spread through the internet and social media and YouTube, that these beings have become a very real part of our world. And I'm not saying I believe in any of this, by the way, I'm just putting forth some ideas and theories for you guys to ponder on your own. So there's also the Jewish mythological character known as the Gollum. 
A golem is an inanimate object that can be brought to life through sacred incantations and serves as a companion and rescuer of the Jewish community through tough and traumatic times. The earliest written account of the golem that we have comes from medieval Prague, where the golem was created by mystics as a way to get closer to God. As the golem story evolved, it could be depicted as kind and benevolent, or could turn on its creator, wreaking havoc and acting on its own desires. And then there's the modern day tulpamancers who claim they can create their own imaginary friends, and I said I wouldn't make fun of these people, so I won't. If you're ever curious about what these tulpamancers believe, though, there's various tulpamancer communities online. They are very descriptive in what their tulpas look like, they resemble animals, anime characters, inanimate objects, human beings, and yes, My Little Pony characters. I should say though that the My Little Pony tulpas are in a world of their own, so not all tulpamancers are into My Little Pony, I just want to make that clear. But according to tulpa.info, here is how this faction of tulpa believers defines the word tulpa. They say, a tulpa is an entity created in the mind, acting independently of and parallel to your own consciousness. They are able to think and have their own free will, emotions, and memories. In short, a tulpa is like a sentient person living in your head, separate from you. It's currently unproven whether or not tulpas are truly sentient, but in this community, we treat them as such. It takes time for a tulpa to develop a convincing and complex personality as they grow older, your attention and their life experiences will shape them into a person with their own hopes, dreams, and beliefs. Many find these tulpas to be comforting and they say that they help them with feelings of loneliness, ostracization, and oppression. They often have personalities very different from their creator, but tulpamancers also often refer to themselves in the we. They use plural pronouns to describe themselves as they and their tulpa are one and the same. Now you may be thinking, huh, that sounds a lot like dissociative identity disorder. Well, upon my little excursion into these forums, there were quite a few users who were open with their identity disorder, but still believe that their tulpa is real, which is why I'm stopping this part of the tulpa episode here because I'm not a psychologist or a mental health expert in any way. I just hope they are happy and healthy and I'm just gonna leave it at that. But a few years back, Adult fans of the My Little Pony franchise found this tulpa idea and ran with it. They started encouraging each other to concentrate super duper hard and with enough time and perseverance, they could manifest and even snuggle with Pinkie Pie or Rainbow Dash, whatever their certain flavor of My Little Pony was. And I, I really can't believe I am talking about this on my podcast. Um, but anyway, so... I never really found anything that went beyond snuggling, except for one thing, which I will mention in a second. But overall, it was kind of implied, which had me feeling bad and worried for the totally make-believe thing that is a My Little Pony tulpa. Can you imagine being brought into existence and your sole purpose is to be the companion of an adult male obsessed with a My Little Pony franchise and he wears a fedora and lives in his mom's basement and you have to snuggle with him every night? That may be the most nightmarish thing I will ever mention on this podcast. So if you know me in real life, you know I get way too into these internet rabbit holes, especially the weird cringy ones. But let me tell you, this one was hard and disturbing and I kind of regret it. So they said, you have to take as much as six hours alone meditating on what they would smell like. But I mean, let's be real, 
bronies have all the time in the world, so I guess it's not much of an inconvenience for them. Uh, They also say it's definitely more than an imaginary friend and that they are sentient. But then some said that they know that they're not real and that they're just an imaginary friend, so it varies from person to person or from brony to brony. However, one 4chan user says his My Little Pony Tulpa, Twilight Sparkle, became enraged when he got a real human girlfriend and that Twilight Sparkle sexually assaulted him constantly and threatened to kill him if he didn't manifest the rest of her pony friends. And yeah, it's not lost on me that this guy could have totally been a troll, but I'm telling you, it was really hard to discern who is a troll on these forums and who is being serious. Um, Either way, it's pretty disturbing. So I was going to read directly from 4chan, but I want to keep this podcast PG-13, so I really can't because these bronies on 4chan are kind of disgusting. But apparently one guy brought his tulpa, Pinkie Pie, back after a four-year hiatus, and he was happy to see she wasn't pissed off, but was unhappy to encounter so many, quote, slutty other MLP tulpas because his tulpa was much better and very normal and not weird at all. I gotta wonder what went wrong with society that the men in this country are finding comfort in cartoon ponies from a kid's show, but that is something maybe I don't even want to know. Sometimes I wish the internet would have never been invented. But okay, I promise that will be the last time I ever talk about My Little Pony on this podcast. If you're brave enough to go into the forums on 4chan and Reddit yourself, go for it. I will say I wish I could uh, wipe my memory of what I saw, so best of luck. Because what's more interesting to me, and to most paranormal lovers anyway, is what if some of our favorite paranormal topics are actually tulpas? Some characters in the paranormal mythos, if you will, that have been theorized at some point or another to be tulpas include the black-eyed children, Slender Man, Bigfoot, the Men in Black, the Dogmen, and really, the tulpa definition is so vague and so open, you can really include several different types of entities into the tulpa theory. Mothman could be a tulpa. Gray aliens could be tulpas. Anything in the paranormal world could really be tulpas because the idea is that anything that is talked about so much and believed in so much for so long can manifest in some way into our reality. Take the black-eyed kids, for example. And we'll be talking about all these crazy characters more in depth in future episodes at some point, But for now, let's just take a brief look at the black-eyed kids. So if you don't know about the black-eyed kids, the typical experience usually goes something like this. Someone will be at home minding their own business, usually late at night, when they hear a knock on their door. When they open their door, they are surprised to find a small group of children on their doorstep. These mysterious children are described as having either chalky white or olive skin and completely black eyes, No iris or anything, just complete blackness. They will usually ask to use a phone or say they need a ride somewhere. They may say they are lost or that they need to use the phone to call their parents, or they may even ask for food. If the totally blacked out eyes weren't terrifying enough, the witnesses often say that as soon as they spoke, they just got a chill down their spine. Something wasn't right about these kids. They are often described as robotic, simply asking the same thing over and over again. They will almost always ask to come inside, but they will say that they can't come inside unless they are explicitly invited in, vampire style. As far as we know, the witnesses who have lived to tell their tale anyway, 
end up closing and locking their doors and come away from the experience feeling very uneasy, maybe even nauseous, and they're terrified that they may have encountered beings not of this world. What's interesting is that they are described as kind of like automatons, robotic, cold, human-looking, but not. And the idea is that tulpas, being in a sense only half real, don't understand the rules of this world or don't understand how to even pretend to act human. This is commonly reported with Men in Black stories as well. Another popular aspect of the tulpa theory that has been put forth by numerous people online, as well as other podcasters, such as my favorite podcast, Necronomapod. Shout out to them. But like the black-eyed children, the Men in Black appear as having either chalky white skin or olive-colored skin. They sometimes are depicted as not having eyebrows or eyelashes. They may have really thin lips or lips that appear to have been painted red. Some have said that when they talk, their lips don't appear to move. Moreover, they seem exceptionally awkward. They don't understand how to eat or drink like a normal human, don't know how to use basic human instruments like pens, pencils, radios, etc. The impressions they give to witnesses are again described as unsettling and just wrong, like they are off in some way. Not just black suits from some government agency, again, they're almost kind of robotic. It's believed that in the long line of UFO encounters in the 50s and 60s, and subsequent stories of encounters with strange men in black, this kind of experience exploded into something beyond an urban legend, that people everywhere were talking about these men in black and describing them with such detail and concentration that they became, in some sense of the word, real. While some modern-day suspected tulpas are described in this way, automatons, robotic, awkward, or like they only have a few sentences in their repertoire, Others are described as almost ghost-like. The most popular ghost-like tulpa people are probably familiar with is Slenderman. And before we get into Slenderman, I'd just like to quickly address the Slenderman stabbings where two young girls brutally stabbed their friend as a sacrifice to Slenderman about a decade ago. Tulpas or not, these creepypastas and urban legends have the power to take on lives of their own, and this one unfortunately took a terrible turn. The victim thankfully survived and is in college now, and the two perpetrators are getting the help they need, with one of the girls still being incarcerated at a mental health facility. So in 2009, the Slenderman creepypasta was accidentally created by a man named Eric Knudsen under the alias Victor Surge on the Something Awful internet forum. It started out with a very well done Photoshop picture of a large man in a black suit with no face that he entered as a part of a Photoshop contest. However, once the photoshopped picture reached Reddit, the Slenderman myth blew up with several Redditors adding to the lore, giving him tentacle-like arms, creating a whole world complete with a mansion in the forest where Slenderman took children to. To some, he was a dark folk hero, to others, he was more of a demonic entity. I remember when the Slenderman urban legend first blew up and everyone swore that they had seen the same entity before, in real life. I was in early college, probably around 2011 or 2012 or so, and I was taking a classical mythology class and we were all talking about our modern day myths and one girl swore that when she was a kid, she would see Slenderman at the foot of her bed each night. When and where people on Reddit were telling what they perceived as real Slenderman stories and where they were practicing their creative writing skills became really hard to sift through. And if you're young and creepypastas are still kind of a new thing, you very well may believe in this Slenderman guy. All around the world, people claimed they were seeing Slenderman, even though Slenderman's origin story is well documented as nothing more than a Photoshop contest. 
people still believed in it and swore they had seen him themselves. Now, if you listen to my Bigfoot episode, I put forth the theory of Bigfoot as a tulpa. I'm sure I'm not the only one to suggest it, but if I believe that any of these things are actual tulpas, it may be Sasquatch. And I will never know what I actually believe about Sasquatch or if I even believe he is real in some way. It's much more likely that should such a creature exist, they are the descendants of another ancient hominid species that has insanely good hide-and-seek skills. But here at Paranormal College, we like to discuss theories, so here it goes. Out of all the cryptids ever imagined, out of all the mythical beings ever imagined, the wild man of the forest has lasted the longest, I think. It's been with us for thousands of years and still is today. In the modern world, we're obsessed with it. Just look at how many Bigfoot TV shows there are on TV. Look at all the books, all the Sasquatch merch, all the YouTube videos. We have giant statues of Bigfoot, like we especially in the States are obsessed. If our minds have the power to create something out of nothing, or to create something merely from obsessively thinking about it for so long, Sasquatch could very much be a tulpa. Maybe this is why he is so elusive, or why people who see him sometimes say it was almost like an apparition or like a ghost, or that Sasquatch just disappeared right before their eyes. But going down the tulpa rabbit hole, you can again say anything is a tulpa. I definitely think it's an interesting theory, I just don't know if I can believe wholeheartedly that it can be possible. Some people suggest that when children dream up imaginary friends that they can see with their very own eyes, and that no one else can see, that they created a tulpa. That young minds and imaginations are so powerful, they have the ability to create a tulpa easily, even accidentally. If the desire for a companion is so strong, maybe they can create their own best friend. I never had an imaginary friend as a kid, but I've heard people say that they remember actually seeing their imaginary friend there with them. I recently watched a movie called Daniel Isn't Real, and it was pretty okay, acting wasn't great, but the storyline was pretty interesting. Basically, this guy had an imaginary friend growing up who was pretty evil. He would make him do bad things, like poison his mother, and seem to represent the dark side of this child. After almost killing his mother, the kid banishes Daniel, but after a traumatic event, Daniel comes back. Like the main character, Daniel is an adult now and evil as ever. He's fully driven by the id, only acting on every animalistic and selfish impulse. He's basically a psychopath. The movie plays around with the idea of, is this man suffering from dissociative identity disorder? And for much of the movie, it seems so. But then he finds that another man had the same imaginary friend who looked the same and had the same name, and you're left kind of wondering, was this guy truly crazy, or was his imaginary friend real? and real enough to have its own personality, thoughts, and sinister motives. Pop culture has played around with the tulpa idea for a long time now, although not always using the term. I watched The Twilight Zone recently, and there's this episode where a writer can make his characters manifest in real life. He creates what to him is the perfect wife, in juxtaposition to his naggy, gold-digging wife in real life. Creating her is as simple as writing out her description on a typewriter and reading it out loud. Destroying her is as simple as throwing that piece of paper into the fireplace. Before I even knew what a tulpa was, I had an idea for a novel I wanted to write where fictional characters written by various fictional authors find themselves alive somehow. And there's more to it, but I don't want anyone to steal my idea, so that's all I'm saying about that. But I think as humans, we love to create. It's just natural. It's one of the things that separates us from the animal world. 
And maybe a part of us wishes we could produce life out of nowhere, or we could bestow life upon an otherwise inanimate object. For example, there's the story of Galatea in ancient Greece, the statue built by Pygmalion who springs to life. Galatea is his ideal, ideal of beauty and womanhood, and through sheer belief and delusion, he wills her into existence. And I mean, look at our current obsession with artificial intelligence. Do I believe that I can create a tulpa in the form of an Alexander Skarsgård lookalike simply by concentrating really hard? Unfortunately, no. Do I think some insanely devout Buddhist monk can pull some manifestation out of his mind after days of fasting and countless hours of meditation? I like to keep an open mind about that. Do I think the men in black and the black-eyed kids are tulpas? I don't think so. I don't know what they are. To me, I think it's more likely they are an urban legend, but I've never seen anything like that, so I don't know. Do I believe that if enough people believe in something, they can convince themselves it's true? Yeah. But I'm not totally closing the door on the whole tulpa thing. We live in a mysterious universe in which I believe we've barely scratched the surface of. I read a book a long time ago, and I can't remember the title, but the whole introduction was about living in a mind-before-matter universe, meaning that before anything is consciousness, and that our thoughts create the world around us just as the universe was created by pure thought. And in a way, I kind of believe that. Our thoughts do have power, and I guess we should all take care with our inner thoughts, and take care of what thoughts we are giving the most attention to. I know this was a short episode, so I'm going to try to publish a bonus episode over the weekend or by Tuesday along with my regularly scheduled episode, which will be on ghost ships. So until then, remember that the next time you get drunk and send your ex a bunch of cringy texts, you can just blame it on your tulpa. And take care, everyone. <laughs>